up with that? We'll talk to the radio station folks. Michelle here with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce. Business Matters Monday. And up first, as usual, it is Dave from the governor's office. How are you doing? Happy Monday. Did you survive the weekend? Wonderful. It was a fantastic Blueberry Festival. Kudos goes out to the Arts Council, all the artists, everyone that does that amazing thing all year. I mean, I'm telling you what, this takes months for them to plan. And you know what? I saw the governor snuck in. We were talking about this last week, and you didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Everywhere. I'm the last to know that my wife bought two two-seat kayaks on Amazon, even though her and I are the only ones that go out on a kayak. So that, 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 that's the sort of life I live, Michelle. So you got to see him. Uh, I didn't. That's great. Very happy for you. And what, it looked like you had good weather. Well, yeah, it was halfway decent weather. It was actually kind of sketchy on the forecast there. And um, I was thinking, um, I was thinking to myself that uh, it, I don't know. It could be pouring. It it could be not pouring. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it is. We have Ketchikan weather here in Anchorage last night. Terrible, terrible. So so uh, you, you've got uh, you guys are still cleaning up after the big party weekend, and that's good. We're we're going through to see what the uh, bill, the inflation reduction bill. Uh, we're, we're we're reviewing that to see just what the impact is of that bill uh, that that the uh, U.S. House and Senate are in the process or have passed, and now it goes before the president's desk uh, here in a little bit. So what what are your what are your thoughts? First thoughts on well, that. Well, I mean, we, we there, there are elements in which part of uh, Alaska's uh, oil and gas industry have received a tax increase. We, we don't really have a full analysis as to what that means. I mean, Alaska is a place that is basically powered, whether you, you live in southeast and don't see a single barrel of oil, but we are powered by investment dollars from resource development industries that have a derivative impact to all market sectors across the state, and anything that any government entity does, whether it's the state or, or federal level, to reduce the amount of liquidity in the investment market immediately raises concerns for us. We, 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 we just don't know uh, what, what the impact of, of Medicare uh, uh, costs are going to be. And, and frankly, a bill that was designed to, what, what, they called it a few different things. They called it the, the Inflation Reduction Act, the, the climate bill. So we, when you don't really know what the, what the real goal of a piece of federal legislation is, you, you should probably just sit down, pour yourself some nice chamomile tea, because it's going to get bumpy for a while. Well, it is going to get bumpy, and the, and the issue is, from an economic standpoint, um, not only here in Alaska, but nationwide, the Biden administration is decidedly unfriendly towards fossil fuels and being that that is the largest national national resource natural resource excuse me in the state of alaska and a huge economic driver um one of the largest if not the largest this is this is huge yet um i i found it humorous at best that it included in that bill um as opposed to doing things that actually help uh, people and drive economic benefits to the nation. Uh, there's still room to hire 87,000 more IRS auditors. 
Yeah, that's puzzling, too. So, first of all, as any employer across the country will tell you, where the heck are you going to find these people? So you're you're going to take 87,000 people out of the labor pool and make them IRS agents? So that means there's 87,000 fewer people either on the East Coast or across the country. I mean, I, I, I have no idea where all of these agents are going to work uh, that that aren't that aren't available for other business sectors. I mean, this is a clear case of the federal government competing with the private sector over labor. I mean, and, and so is, are the, are, is part of the funding for these uh, 87,000 IRS agents, are they increasing their salaries? Are they offering a benefits package? Are they offering a signing bonus? Which means now that uh, an entity that can print money is negotiating with a private business that can't, and, and who do you think is going to win in the? Well, we're just going to outpay you, so you don't have uh, you, you don't have any choice but to come work for us. I, I mean, I, I just well, and is, is this, specifically in my mind, and I always I always like to say that this is not an official position of the chamber, but this is a, an opinion of mine. Um, this bites right into small businesses, Main Street businesses in, across America, because. Many times, new entrepreneurial businesses, small businesses, mom-and-pop shops cannot afford to necessarily offer benefits. And when you have an individual uh, who's getting an offer from the federal government to be an auditor, ostensibly to take money away from people, um, but they're going to choose the benefits over over the mom-and-pop shop. And I I agree 110% with you. This is a stab in the back to small businesses everywhere. And, and frankly, what was the defined problem? What, what, what was this hiring attempting to fix? Was there a shortage of IRS agents that were unable to perform audits, and therefore people were getting away with defrauding the IRS? I mean, do you really think 87,000 agents are needed to go after millionaires and billionaires in the U.S. today? 87,000. Right. So I, I, I don't know if we have that many millionaires and billionaires. Why wouldn't, wouldn't that be uh, the odds would increase then exponentially that you and I are, is, are either a millionaire or a billionaire? And wouldn't that be a lovely uh, position to be in? I'm going to guess you and I are not. Uh, well, I know I'm not. I don't want to speak for you. I'll join your club. Uh, I'm not either. All right, welcome to the We Ain't Millionaires or Billionaires Club population, you, me, and probably everybody listening to the show right now. So who are these people going to police? Uh, I would I would, I would, would take a wild guess and say more than likely the people that they just stole the employees from. Yes. And another thing, my, my wife has owned her own business for 12 years now. She is a sole proprietor. She is uh, an S-corporation. And she, too, just had her taxes increased. So you know, one, one of the, the benefits of an S-corp was you don't have a lot of overhead. You really don't have any employees. You are doing the majority of work yourself. You, you've paid for your own training. You've assumed all of your costs. You carry the liability insurance. And, and now she she 
and other professionals, your accountant just had a tax increase. Your CPA is going to have to pay more. In many cases, your dentist or physician are going to have to pay more in taxes. Your Uber driver is going to have to pay more in taxes. So, you know, for, for uh, at a time in which clearly using the historical definition of a recession, we're in it, no matter what Paul Krugman and other, others may want to spin, in a time in which labor is at a premium, the federal government is now competing against you for that labor, and the, the backbone of the Alaskan and American economy, small businesses, just got a tax increase. So, yeah, th- this is what we're doing some analysis on right now, because uh, the, we, we don't have a very good answer to the question, now what? Exactly. So speaking of small businesses, um, we're really proud to have in the studio today Janae Meyer from JM Nutrition and Lactation. And she is, you're a sole, sole proprietor, right? Are you a sole, sole proprietor? I'm an LLC. Okay, you're an LLC. And you're, you're a small business celebrating 10 years this month. And that's fantastic. So, you know, can I, can I pop in with the wild card question? Because she really went before we hopped on the air and, and I said, uh, oh, Dave from the governor's office is calling in. She goes, well, I was kind of wondering about, tell him. Oh, on the spot. So, um, in my lane, I am a registered dietitian, board certified in lactation. Those are my primary lanes. So I pay attention a lot to supporting families to feed and care for their newborns and infants the best they choose to. Um, and returning to work and trying to breastfeed has been real difficult. And the interesting thing is that there was um, a pump act um, recently um, not approved in the not sen- gasoline. Yeah, not it's a breastfeeding pump act. Different kind of fuel. And it would have closed up some loopholes and gaps in the current federal law that protects um, people's right to provide breast milk for their infant while they return to work. Basically, it only covers hourly employees. And um, so teachers. Teachers come to Cannot me all do the time. That. Yeah. And I have to say, in our community here, um, our district has been very supportive. I, but I do get calls from South Central Alaska. Kenai School District got a hold of me because a lot of teachers had to choose. Do I go back to work in the classroom or do I continue to provide the best nutrition I think I need to provide for my infant? And it didn't pass. And in this age of infant formula issues and shortages, which I don't see any end in sight, I find it very interesting that we're not supporting return to work. Okay, so my question for for the governor's office and for you, Dave, is this, and please don't, I, I could be ridiculously silly here and uninformed, but is there a way for Alaska... You could be. You're asking me about this. <laughs> I am, I am, I, no, I no, by definition, a, am silly and uninformed. Question. This is a legislative question. Okay. Could the state of Alaska come forth with a, a bill or a policy of some sort where it would allow employees, full-time employees in the state of Alaska to uh, have that time to breastfeed? Well, I, I, I mean, boy, you, 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 you win the gold words, star for picking law. a topic way out of my... Uh, I, 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 will, I will tell you this. No, no, it can't, but I will tell you this. Um, it, it, employers right now who aren't doing their darndest 
to make accommodations for qualified and capable employees are doing themselves and their employees an enormous disservice uh, by not. If, I mean, you, you don't need the law to require you to be a good employer, especially in a competitive labor market. And, and I would think that if you have, whether you're, you're in a collectively bargained unit, whether you're, you're uh, an office that, that has your staff coming to, to the office to do work, if, if you aren't savvy enough to pick up on what the needs are of your workforce and your labor force, you're, you're going to lose your staff to an employer who does. Yep. And I'll tell you what, for those that are listening, Michelle here with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce, Business Matters Monday. One thing that I do religiously every Sunday morning is I oftentimes will pull articles from various sources. And I call, you know, I would say, here's your Sunday morning tidbit. They're not lengthy articles. But a lot of times, given the workforce and labor situation right now, they are directed towards employers um, in terms of uh, making a more positive work environment or, or something that could help those business owners out there run a tighter ship and, and do it better. And so if you're missing that on our Facebook page on Sunday morning, you might want to check it out. It's normally right around 8 a.m. because that's when I'm normally drinking my coffee and doing, <laughs> doing this stuff. But make sure you check it out. You know, uh, that's the that's something that's important. So we've got all of these massive pieces of legislation happening right now. Uh, the governor is caravanning around the state uh, in 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 you know in in seeking reelection, um, and you are going through the one million and one pages of the federal legislation. <laughs> Did anything else pop out at you in that great piece of legislation? Uh, oh, it's, it's it's never the thing you're looking for. It's always the thing uh, you find. So since they, they passed the final version late last night, we're, we're, we're still pouring through it right now. But, you know, I... I I, like, like I said, when you when you give a name to a bill, oftentimes, whether it's at the state or federal level, it really doesn't tell you exactly what that piece of legislation does. And, and we're most certainly going to see it in the inflation reduction slash climate slash health care security slash whatever the heck they're going to call it act here over the next several days. Well, and, and you know, here's the thing. Uh, it was a different piece of legislation, and I think it was Manchin who said, nope, I'm out, because someone tried to slyly slip in an earmark for something ridiculous, like, I I'm going to make this up. I, I need to have $40 million for my state so they can uh, create uh, goat farms to create green goats, or I don't know, something like that. That was not it, folks, but basically they're always trying to slip stuff in. Uh, into these massive pieces of legislation. So I agree with you. It's it's not what you think you're going to find, but what you absolutely do find. Yep, yep, totally agree. Surprise! Totally agree. <laughs> Surprise! Um, so, hey, uh, the, is the governor going to be back? It was pretty cool. i got to give him kudos um, for, for being kind of marketing savvy in the sense that he chose to uh, greet the public uh, it, you know, the the event, per se, was at the, the brand new distillery here in town, which is not only a very cool space, uh, but it's a it's a cool people space. Right. I mean, that's where the cool people go. One of the places sounds like a place where I should have been. He's yeah. not going to make proper use of a distillery. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, next time you're in Ketchikan, I'll make sure and take you down there. They've got some yummy flavors and some pretty cool drinks that they're mixing up down there. What are, what are they distilling? 
Well, gin, um, okay. and amongst other things, but of course the only thing I paid any attention to was gin because I'm not a liquor drinker. I usually spend my time around the corner at Bodden Street Brewery, which is another cool place. But I do like a, a good gin every now and then, and they make a good one. Um, but ladies, do you do you know what else they have? They do, do they do they do rum? Do they? Oh, vodka! I think they do vodka. Um, okay, all yeah. right. But you know, you can you have know a gin like? and I'll have a vodka martini. There you we'll, go. We'll figure that out together. There you go. And I think you know, I, if you were to, have you ever been to the uh, Chil Chilkoot Distil Distillery up there in Haines? No, but I have a bottle of their product in my liquor cabinet. There you go. Um, very very similar. Very very similar in uh, I would say quality because I have been there at Southeast Conference last year and it's kind of got the a little bit of the same vibe and feel to you know the product and the branding and everything so yeah next time you're in Ketchikan we'll we'll definitely do that hopefully you'll be able to come down for Southeast Conference too oh that would be fun that would be fun all right ladies I've taken up way too much of your time now we're talking about booze so I better get off the call <laughs> all right have a great day have a great rest of your week we'll talk to you next week bye. talk with you next week right, bye-bye it's always entertaining. It's I can see by the grins on your faces. I just you never know where the conversation is going to go with Dave from the governor's office. And you know I think that's kind of refreshing because if you're going to have 20 minutes of wah wah wah, I'd be like Dave, maybe maybe not every Monday, maybe not every Monday. But it's always exciting. It's suspenseful because you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. So, um, ladies, 10 years anniversary. Michelle, you're in the house. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Michelle Cornwall. I am working on opening up a diaper bank in Ketchikan. So I've been working with um, women and young children for the last six years through Peace Health. And there's a need for diapers. And it's something that people really don't realize. And one in three people have a problem getting diapers and keeping their kids in clean diapers every month and they struggle and you know sometimes they have to make choices of whether do I make diapers homemade diapers or do I have to leave my child in a diaper for extended amount of time so I'm gonna date myself two comments okay I'm gonna date myself I remember when I was a little girl um, so this would have been like 1975 and there I forget it but I grew up in Columbus Ohio and there was a service a truck that drove around town and delivered the diapers and then picked up the dirty diapers and off they went to wherever and then every week you get a new delivery of the cloth diapers and so some people use that okay fast forward to when I had my own first child we were stationed in Panama and so Luckily, um, both of my children, military children, we had the luxury of buying the diapers at the commissary on base. Um, and if you don't know, the commissary is, is run by the military, by the federal government, and the intent of it is to offer specifically very, very low-priced goods to military members um, and, and to ostensibly save them money. Uh, for example, uh, unrelated to diapers, but I'm just going to throw this out there, in the commissary uh, in Panama and at Fort Drum, New York, um, the, all of the butter, all of the butter was FDA um, extra. And so a pound of butter, think about it when you're going to A&P or Safeway or anywhere else here in town or even in the lower 48. But a pound of butter was like, I don't know, 50 cents, a dollar. Yeah, it, it, because it's all of the additionals. It's the excess from the from the Department of Agriculture. And so that was a nice thing to have. But back to you, Michelle, 
diapers. Whole smokes, they're super expensive now, aren't they? So on average, it costs in the lower 48, $80 a month for diapers. When I went to go look at our prices, it's about uh, $3 more a package. And we don't have the luxury of having a Costco where we can get the large sizes of diapers, which brings your per diaper down. So it really puts a family at it at a disadvantage when they have to buy diapers. And we're looking at when it's already expensive, a three dollar per package increase above what well let's talk about the people who have two kids in diapers correct right yes okay so you're starting the diaper bank um i remember you spoke at our rotary club the diaper bank people can donate packages of diapers correct correct so this saturday we're going to do stuff the boat at safeway from 10 to 2 the company has donated a boat to us for four hours and the goal is really to see how many diapers we can get it in that we get that day will um, disperse to um, nonprofits in town like love in action and um, uh, wish and KIC and then Peace Health so they can give it to people that they work with on a daily basis. Now the people, so it'll be up to the nonprofits to determine who is quote unquote eligible to receive these diapers. So the way it's gonna work is anyone that asks is gonna receive depending on our inventory. So our goal is not to turn a family away if they need diapers. It's being able to build the um, inventory to be able to support the community. We are looking at grants right now and have applied for a couple grants um, to help um, provide more supplies to our need. Okay, so folks, be judicious and be kind. And if you truly are not in need of a diapers, don't go grab some. Don't don't leave them for those who are truly in need. Speaking of grants, you should go uh, have a meeting with Deborah Hayden. Grow Catch Can is in our in the chamber offices, which are located on the second floor of the plaza above Wells Fargo, and they are now located within the chamber. And Deborah Hayden, who is the executive director of Grow Catch Can, is a master at finding grants, writing grants, getting grants. Okay. Um, and I'm not at liberty to say, well, hey, she got eight thousand dollars for so and so or twenty. I can't say that, Correct. but I've I've seen it, I've heard it. It happens. So go see her because she, she she just has a way of finding these things all over for all sorts of businesses. That's a skill. And nonprofit. Oh, it's yeah, totally a skill. skill. Yeah. yeah, totally a skill. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so this Saturday, again, the hours? It's going to be 10 to 2, Safeway parking lot. Look for the big boat. Yay, Bay Company, also a major chamber sponsor as well. So thank you. Hey, did you know that it's literally, it, it, they did a study, and it, it's literally fact that people who are members of their chamber of commerce tend to donate more and do more in the community. Just throwing that out there, people. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that, I was gonna let everybody know that I'm gonna match what everybody, my business is gonna match what everybody donates on Saturday. So that's, well, that's so perfect because you deal with moms. And I am constantly handing out diapers from my office every day. So I've felt it for years. And so I, if you donate, to um, the diaper bank this weekend on Saturday. Janae Meyer Nutrition and Lactation will be matching every diaper you you donate. We're gonna match it. Nice. Oh my happy birthday! Thank happy you. Ki- oh, yeah. happy, ki- happy tenth birthday to 
sweet, us. sweet. I yeah. love it. That's well, so we've cool. been partners actually for six and a half years. So she's been in business for 10. But <laughs> we've worked together um, with women and children for six, the six and a half years I've been with PEDS and um, OB with Peace Health. Nice, nice, okay. nice. Hook up with the Wellness Coalition, too. Okay. Yeah, because they, they've got their tentacles everywhere in catch can. I mean, that, I mean that in a complimentary kind of way. But, yeah, okay. I'm sure Romanda would be like, oh, yeah, we can do this and that and that. And so, I, 10 years, i, I yeah, got to ask. i got to ask. Yeah. How, how did you, why and how did you start your business? Oh, my goodness. And I was thinking about this driving in because I thought you were going to ask. But um, I actually started out... Um, in diabetes education as a dietitian. And, and you, but you still do diabetes I still education. Do, I still love it. it it's, I'm anchored in that. But what brought me to seek um, not only getting board certified in lactation, but also opening the doors to the business here was my own sort of birthing and new parent struggles and journey. Um, when I was a baby dietitian and working in diabetes education, I actually worked at Peace Health for a little bit. Everyone, I mean, I worked and then I was working at Search and I was at a conference in Albuquerque focused on diabetes and they were talking about how even breastfeeding a few months can decrease the rates of diabetes. Really? And I thought, I'm working with the wrong population of people. And I just had this like this ping, like this huge ping in my world going. And at that time I was trying it's like to breast- a, a vitamin or like a vaccine for, I don't know, yeah, and, you're preventing something. Yeah, and you're preventing in a very delicate, gentle time in life with people are usually pretty receptive to new and to change. And to, when you have that baby in front of you, you want to do better. You know, you want to do for this life. And so I was actually struggling breastfeeding my first son at this conference. <laughs> I mean, I had, and I, and I love this town and I love the providers, but there wasn't a lot of support for breastfeeding or even breast breast pumps when I had babes. So I brought, I just thought that's what we need here. So I started bringing in like the education and the training and the breast pumps and the supplies. And so diabetes prevention is what tipped me into and pinged me into going into lactation. And then the more and more I got into it and I worked for search for a while, I worked for the WIC program for quite a while. I still do. I work with Kotzebue, um, Kotzebue's WIC program. And I just, I kept, it just lights me up. I just kept going that direction. And it just kind of unfolded. And when I left my health promotion job and search, um, I kind of sat in my house going, now what? And this was June, 2012. And my family had been screaming at me for years, you need to go open your doors here in the community. They will come. It was kind of like the Field of Dreams thing. <laughs> <laughs> they do, they have to. They will come. Yeah, and I, and I, I think about it, it's almost like having a child. You know, if you've had a child, it's like the excitement, the buildup, all the work, and you don't know what you're doing, and you try to plan for everything, and something unknown will happen, and you just keep going, and the days are endless, and then you look back, and you're like, 10 years, wow. Well, and you know what <laughs> like I thought was kind of neat was, um, you know, long-time um, uh, midwife here, uh, Marta Poor. And when she retired, they did some sort of a, a picture, and there were like hundreds and hundreds of kids that she had delivered, right? And so we were talking about this weeks ago when you were telling me about your upcoming anniversary, and I was telling you about that photo, and you're like, oh, yeah, I could probably have the same photo, right? For sure. And I actually, my boys were in um, Dr. Donna Smith's photo that when she left the community, you know, that stage full. So, yeah, I think so. And sometimes I forget, you know, I'll run into people in the community and the little baby that I saw, you know, three years ago was running through the store and I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even recognize you, you know. And so time's funny stuff. But, yeah. Well, and, and you know what I really think is neat? I love, I love um, when businesses, local businesses partner together to do cool things. And so as part of your anniversary you hooked up with Mama Bird Photography, yeah. and she did this kind of series of vignette, vignette photos with moms and their children 
um, who had been served by you, right? Yeah. That's all. I love them. And you can check them out on her Facebook page because they're just beautiful. Please do. Melina Glover did an amazing job. And of course, the sun came out on the beach yeah. that day for <laughs> us. So it was kind of meant to be. But And I thank all the families that did come down. And that was another thing where I wanted to support Melina and her work. That was all done for donation for a charity of hers. So Oh, nice. So that very was very cool. nice as well. So I want to, so I, I'm trying to figure out how does it work? Like, so in other words, um, I am an expecting mother or maybe I, I just had a newborn and I'm having difficulty, uh, breastfeeding for one reason or another. Um, or maybe I feel like I need some diabetes education. Do I just call you and make an appointment? Do you take insurance? I, explain that whole thing to sure. me. Sure. Um, see if I can... So I, I do accept insurance. Um, I accept all insurance and even TRICARE now, which is new. Yay, finally, bing, 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 TRICARE, fi- TRICARE, TRICARE. Finally jumped through that. That was, Michelle knows <laughs> the journey <laughs> on that one. Um, and so our, so there are some limitations with any insurance coverage. So I encourage you to call our office. My front office staff is very knowledgeable. She can help you let you know if your insurance covers it. Um, so you don't have to referral, have to have a referral unless the insurance says you do. So okay. we'll weed that out. One of the things that I wanted to share is that how you find me, and so I am an American Diabetes Association recognized diabetes program. We right now, I think we have two in town. Peace Health, I know, is one, and I'm one. I'm not sure if KIC is, sorry. I think they are or were. Um, and so that basically just vets us and lets, lets the community know that we are trained and qualified to provide the highest evidence-based diabetes education and care. I will refer out if it's out of my lane. I mean, I have no trouble doing that. Um, um, I have some um, peers and anchors that are much more um, um, insulin pump savvy than I am, so I'll send gotcha, them up north. Gotcha. But, so we, we do back to using your community and your resources and your partners. So to come see me, um, I do virtual now. Um, I'm actually licensed in Alaska and Washington, um, and so I can provide nutrition therapy, which breastfeeding falls under that um, because breast ah. milk is guess what? A little nutrition, a little first food kind of thing. So that's a nice blending of having a registered dietitian certification and the lactation because it does fall nicely into billing, and so a little more accepting of billing. Um, I support a lot of the KIC members right now, which I'm very happy to do. One thing I brought into my business back to understanding how things unfold is that about five years ago, I started feeling that there was a lot of um, postpartum um, difficulties with families just navigating that new stage, that fourth trimester, as we call it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there was there could there was some drama around the birth or support or just that life change. It's it is such a transitional pay, piece. You know, we talk a lot about the birth of the baby, but we also are birthing parents for the first time. And that's a huge transitional time. So there was some tears and crying and some stress. So I went back and got my childbirth educator certification certification in 2019 because I felt like I, and a birth doula certification um, right before the pandemic, which is awesome, not awesome. But so I became a childbirth educator and birth doula because I wanted to get in with and support these families before they came to me with breastfeeding problems or before they came to me with feeding problems. And as a dietitian, I will talk to you about just bottle feeding your baby and how to properly mix formula. I'm that kind of person. If you need and I was a pediatric dietitian long before I was a lactation consultant so if you need help feeding your baby I'm here to help I you. I feel really dumb now because that was like for me three scoops and a bunch of water 
Well, and then we can do paste bottle feeding so you don't overfeed the baby. There's all these like hunger cues and all these little things you can learn. Because when you're, let's face it, when you're a new parent, you're fatigued, you're tired, you're excited. You got to clip those little nails and how the heck do you do that? And then how much formula and if I'm going to formula. And so the long, I guess the big story is coming into the relationship with couples before they deliver. What I found has been the most beneficial and helpful because there can be birth trauma. There can be, there can be situations where they come in with a breastfeeding issue and they are still dealing with their birth and whatever took place. They can't focus on feeding their baby. And 60% of women, and this is a nationwide data, do not reach their own breastfeeding goals. So, and I, there's no blaming, shaming, or guilt on any of this. I am here to support the women who, or the families who want to so breastfeed. It's almost like you're a life coach. Kind of, yeah. Nutrition therapy, they don't call it nutrition therapy for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> the therapy, you, you work on that therapy part. You know, and so it's interesting is that I support anyone's goals, but the barriers and the landmines for those 60% of women, it comes from all different angles, but I think a lot of it is actually talking about what is normal and what to expect with feeding your infant however you choose to feed your infant before the baby arrives. They're excited, they've got energy, they're building their basket of knowledge and goodies for the baby, and it's much harder to talk about issues after the baby's here if they're ha- if things are going And what sideways. you might assume or be self-critiquing as abnormal is more than likely probably absolutely normal. I can put it on a calendar for you. <laughs> I can a postpartum. I can tell you when we usually get. I usually get the calls about my milk supply is going away or this is. It's almost predictable. Yeah. Really? Because of the way lactation and the way the milk comes in, it just do, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't feel like it should be going this direction. So stages of lactation is probably my biggest, my biggest um, soapbox is understand what to expect from your body, so then it becomes normalized for you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, uh, what is the percentage of, and this could, this could be going down a rabbit hole where there's a whole bunch of different ways we could go, but just as an overall picture, um, percentage wise, is it like 50, 50 breastfeeding formula or is it like 60, 40, 80, 20? What is that? Yeah, and I didn't look at the data, but I have a good feel for the state of Alaska. I don't have Ketchikan's data, but the state is like second in the nation for initiating breastfeeding, which is mean some they attempt breastfeeding like we're like at 82%, 83%. Oh, wow. Which is pretty amazing. Um, and so colostrum, which is the first milk, is a very critical thing for long-term gut health for babies, by the way. So I just I always I always push if you can at least provide milk in the hospital you've won you've won this this right. this gift for your child um but it does draw well, it all, doesn't it also have some um antibodies that that help with immunities all breast milk does okay but yeah the first milk for sure it sets up the get lining think about it, this is the first thing your little baby's gut is come in contact with to digest gotcha first run so it's very important um an interesting thing is that in our state back to the pred- predictable time stamps like i can tell you that most w- returning to work is a big one and I know we kind of dumped on the Pump Act, not passing, but this is a big one. Most women that have leave at all, not all, usually kind of rotate back into work between 10 and 12 weeks. And that is the most common, that is the biggest drop in breastfeeding um, rates in the state and the nationwide is that when you have to go back to work for whatever is keeping them from reaching that goal. Um, right now, when I had babes, and I'm going to date myself, but insurance didn't cover breast pumps when I had the boys. Now insurance says it's an Affordable Care Act. Unless, it's your, unless your insurance is grandfathered in, your insurance should cover a breast pump for you. So if you want to continue to provide breast milk and return to work with your employer's you know, support, you should be able to do that. You know, Prior to that time, you had to buy a breast pump. And that was an expensive investment. Yes, that is true. But formula, let's talk about the cost of formula and the, the lack of availability. I mean, we have to kind of that, look at that risk, too. I mean, formula is 40 45 bucks a can. 
Babies Is will it use, really? And if you can find it on the shelf, babies will use 160, 170 cans a year. I, I mean, their first year. So that's like six grand. Wow. And if you have to choose between diapers and formula. <laughs> that's exactly. true. Right. Oh, exactly. So, you know, you know, you're going to choose to feed your baby over the diapers, which is what, what the work but Michelle's you doing. You can breastfeed and be free. Yeah. 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 And with this infant formula shortage and issue, you know, um, um, when I, I can mention, I work up north a lot with the um, corporations of native corporations up north. And one of the things we worked on in February when this all came down was teaching women how to relactate because there is a window. I was going to ask. There that. was a window, and we got the breastfeeding rates um, really increased in that region um, because uh, if you if you had if you have expressed milk from your body, your breast in the last thirty days, there's a good chance we can get your milk supply back up. You have a 30-day protective window to get your milk. So we just okay. So that was going to be my question. So you know, when the when the whole formula shortage happened and really was mission critical, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I let's say I had been uh, using formula, transitioned my baby to formula, like three months ago kind of too late you know it's really a provider question because there's such a hormonal thing but i i from if you walked into my office i'd be like let's get an appointment with your primary care provider your OBGYN or your midwife and um let's just put you back on the pump and see how your body responds i mean that would have been my from the get-go um and i didn't answer the other half of your question is that i see all sorts of combination of breastfeeding and um formula feeding and combination and anything that works for the family is beautiful and I just I want to make sure that I'm not putting out the wrong information about it's all or nothing because that's not the way I function. That's not the way our lives function. I've had moms come to me. I say I can't handle the stress and the mental load. I need to wean off the breast. I'm like, I got you. This is how you formula feed. This is how you, you know, paste bottle feed. And so I think meeting families where they are and with what they need. And the majority of families that I work with, they want to breastfeed in some amount of some sort. And there's a, I call it comfort nursing, especially the mom that's going back to work when she can't handle the pump or like I've had a moms that work in areas where they don't get breaks. I mentioned teachers, but our school district is awesome. Um, but like the cannery or restaurant, you know, you, do you think you're going to get 15 minutes to go bump when you're, you know, trying to serve all the tourists that are coming through town? Um, and so they just comfort nurse, which means they nurse when they're with their baby. And when they're not with their baby, the baby gets formula. Well, there's something wrong with that. Not at all. And that's what my point like, is. You figure out what works for you. Okay, so answer a question for me because I feel like, and it was a long time ago, but I feel like there was a point in time where there was this kind of movement or, I don't know, opinion you know, where people were so judgy, like, yep. what do you mean you're not breastfeeding? And that's kind of gone by the wayside now, right? I think it depends on which circle you're in. I try to maintain that vibe and that energy anywhere I go. You know, when people find out what I do for a living, I'm like, um, I do think that informed consent and decision making is actually very important. So there is a nutritional and health difference between formula and breast milk. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other. Or make sure, I'm just saying that you need to be informed of the difference. So then you can make the best right, decision for your family. but you're respectful of their yeah. choice. Oh, yeah. Which is where I was saying, like, yeah. you, uh, you know, a long time ago, people were so judgy. Like, there was just no, forget the facts. Just like, what do you mean? Well, and it's interesting. I'm a 70s baby. And my mom said that there was judgment over wanting to breastfeed. Yes. 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 I like, remember she, that. She's like, we, we all went back to work in the 70s. You know, we put our suits back on and we went back to work, put the baby at daycare. And, no offense, mom, if you're listening. But I mean, you did the best you could. But I mean, I think that she, they judged women as these hippie granola people that breastfed. I was, you know, it's so interesting that you would say that because I was having a conversation with a young lady last week and we were talking about having kids. And I said, you know, because it, it was a potential co- massive career change, right? 
way where it would just be more intense and lots more responsibility and everything, small kids still in the picture. And I said, well, that's really interesting because when I was 30 years old, I did have one of those high power jobs with zero flexibility, late night hours lobbying um, and, you know, for legislative issues. And it was just really, really intense, right? Very much, very much a man's world. And, you know, I thought nothing of it at the time. Yeah, get a couple nannies, you're good to go. And it, it was, it was about 10 years after that, it dawned on me, that was one of the most foolish things that you, for me personally, I'm not judging anyone else, mm-hmm. those are your choices, but for me personally, I'm like, darn, you missed out on so much. By, but th- the way that I was raised in that, in that kind of time frame, so like you were saying, the 70s, that was the way you did it. That was just, you had to that's the way you did it. You, formula, no time to breastfeed, get, get a nanny, and we're off to the races. Yeah. And I just, I feel like that information, like I said, informed consent and information. That's why talking to couples prenatally has been the biggest, beautiful thing that's happened to me in the last four or five years. I mean, when I have a couple that I see on, you know, it's catch a can, that see that they deliver their baby that I've worked with prenatally and they don't call me right after they deliver. I'm like, okay, things are going good. It's not, I don't get the emergency phone calls, you know, then I'll occasionally like, we want to come in and show you the baby. And I'm like, awesome. No breastfeeding problems. And I'm like, Right on. I mean, I get goosebumpy about it. You know, their breastfeeding problems happen. There's unknown outliers in any birthing or breastfeeding situation. So I, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not tagging any sort of good or bad to it. I'm just saying, I think the, I think the prenatal conversations worked. It reduced their stress postpartum. And they probably knew what to expect. And they built confidence in them to get through those stages of lactation and growth, growth spurts with the baby. So I, I find that, I don't know. I kind of find that as a, Okay, Janae, you're on the right path. <laughs> you know that prenatal education piece, because when I don't get, I do get emergency calls. Like we're being discharged. You need to meet me right now, and I'm like, I'm on it. You know, and so I do get those calls too. So, um. well, we're, let's go back to the business thing here, yeah. um, because the governor's office was talking about that, and, and you were talking about that. We were talking about the labor shortage. I mean, that is a fact of life. I still can't figure out where all these people went, but that's a, probably a whole different show. But you know, if you do have a mom who would like to breastfeed working for you, one of the things as an employer that you can do, um, it's just factual here because it, 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 here's what it says. You just, you gave me this cool brochure. You're, get, you're gonna get your return on your investment because A, the employer employee rather is gonna stick around longer, but breastfeeding lowers health healthcare costs and the fact that your employee will show up more likely regularly as opposed to having many absences if you're supportive of this. Am I correct in that? Yeah, and um, I th- this business case for breastfeeding is actually a program um, um, that I am willing to come to any business and oh, help them ass- cool. and assess is there is there are they um supportive of breastfeeding how they could be better supportive i've set up breastfeeding spaces for different companies here in town help them work one of the banks in town asked me to come help set up a nursing lounge but there is a return on investment as far as breastfeeding babies but also the breastfeeding mom tend to be less sick let more off i mean they're not as sick as often i kind of got that backwards so they have mess, less missed work um and also when you have a new mom if you've you know, if you've ever walked through those doors as a, a mother if you're at work you're, you are still constantly thinking about that baby. 
and and the safety and security of that baby. And so if you're able to go feed them at lunch or have them come to you and feed them at lunch or or provide pumped breast milk for them, you can still stay connected and then also come back and focus on work. So there's a productivity piece to knowing that that's supported. I don't know if that's kind of messy, but I am happy to come talk to any company. Well, that's um, really cool. That I didn't know assessment. that. Yeah, I can do a breastfeeding um, business case for breastfeeding assessment for your business. I love it. I love it. Well, that's awesome. How do people get in touch with you real quick? Because we're, we're running out of time. Okay, stop me and Safeway. No, um, you can actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I am at, uh, my main office number is 220-9920. Um, we are there Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, or um, online. It's JanaeMeyer.com. Um, and you just Google that. You can find me on any social media platform as well. And do you want to put out where your office is? Sure. Um, I am in the Cedar Point Condominium Building. I'm on the first floor, ground floor, right behind the stairs. Come find me over there. Very cool. I love it. Happy 10th anniversary. Thank you. I love hearing business success stories. This is amazing. And this weekend, 10 to 2, over at Safeway, the diaper drive. Make sure and swing by. And big shout out to the Bay Company for lending a boat for the boatload of diapers. <laughs> Hopefully... What if it overflows? I would love it. Bring it. Let's go. Love it. Because just a little fact is parents sometimes cannot go to work because they don't have enough diapers to put their children in to go to daycare. Oh. So it can Well, let's just let that sink in when the show ends. Exactly. Huh. All righty. Well, that'll do it for Business Matters Monday. Don't forget, next week we're going to have the Wellness Coalition on. They've got a new fellow in uh, doing a project, the uh, health fair coming up this fall, amongst other things. You can always check out all of the shows at catchcanradio.com or we've got a link at catchcanchamber.com. Have a great rest of your week.